Alright guys, welcome to Skim Your Body. I'm your host, Rodney Stewart, and we're getting into Star Trek Picard and this episode. We're in season two right now, heading swiftly towards the end of it now, in preparation for season three. And um, hopefully, if I've got my dates right, we'll end off the series of reviews on Picard season two just in time for the first episode to go live in season three. I'm not sure if the whole series is dropping in one bunch or it's coming a week at a time. No idea at this point. Trying my hardest to stay away from updates right now, other than, you know, I've seen the, the trailer and all for season three and whatnot. That's, that's looking good. Exciting to see that. That's uh, going to be incredible. All been well. Anyway, this episode of season two is a little episode called Mercy. And you know what picks up uh, with Picard and Guinan have been arrested by FBI agent Wells. Uh, at the beginning of the episode, we have this little opening sequence of a kid in the forest. Uh, creepy kind of horror feeling sort of thing. Um, he hears a noise and sees something. He runs away from it. He falls, drops his flashlight and uh, when he picks it up, a change in the face of this figure who is clearly a Vulcan. And we skip from that to present day uh, again. Uh, Picard and Guinan, they're locked up in this room in a basement. And there's this pair of handcuffs sitting on the table and there's a bit of blood around it. And, you know, it's... It is what it is. Um, when you get through the episode and you think back in this shot of the the handcuffs and the blood, you're thinking, okay, was this blood or was this just a, a ruse to freak them out slightly? And it seems to work in a way. Um, when this guy, Wells, actually comes in to start the interview, he says he doesn't want to use the word interrogation, Um it's clear that they haven't sat in for a while waiting on him. Picard, he's like, you know, it's about time. So this guy, he lands on, he's in full Fox Motor form here. He's trying to figure out who these people are, where they come from, are they extraterrestrial and whatnot. So they, they're kind of laughing it off at the start and just joking it out. But, uh, yeah, Wells eventually says, you know, He's worried about them sabotaging the Europa project because he has this friend that sends him anything that's out of the ordinary, like, you know, people appearing out of thin air. We seen at the end of the last episode when he turned up in the bar, he had on his phone security camera footage of Picard beaming in earlier whenever he was originally looking for Guinan. So uh, he also reveals that this woman that he knows, this friend that sent him that video also sent him uh, all her stuff as well. And, you know, he dropped Picard's image into their database and found the, again, more security camera footage from the, the Europa mission gala uh, before Picard hit by the car and whatnot. So he's pushing on this in a big bad way and, you know, leaves him to stew for a bit, and Picard is like, you know, if he 
wants to, he can just get hold of the authorities and they'll just scru- scrub the mission all together and we'll end up having broken time ourselves, you know, without the help of Q. So back in the real world, uh, Seven of Nine and Rafi, they're still hunting for Gerati slash the Borg. Uh, they're trying to figure out what to do next. Uh, Rios, he's on La Serena. He's going through the systems to check if there's any more Borg surprises hiding in there. Um, we get a bit more of his little story arc for this series with uh, Teresa and the son is there as well of course in the last episode he started to uh, break all the rules of time travel and, you know that's not the first time he's done it in the series but beaming her and the kid and the last arena is probably not what Picard and the rest of them would really want him to do so there's a bit more of the romantic build up between the two of them and a couple of nice little moments between them um, anyway that's pretty much all for him Rios in this episode um, the biggest bulk is with Picard and uh, Guinan been interviewed by this agent and eventually after trying to summon Q in the first or the last episode he eventually turns up in this episode as well but uh, with Gerardi, um Seven points out that they're trying to work out how to find her and Rafi tells Borg or Borg tells Seven to Borg up and uh, of course in this reality Seven doesn't have any of her implants so she can't use anything to you know track anybody or anything like that there um, in this timeline they've got their memories but they're more or less like in a different version of their bodies it's pretty strange but uh, yeah but Rafi has a point uh, Seven knows how the Borg Queen thinks and she doesn't really need the implants to track Gerardi but she doesn't want to do it either but they're at the bar where Gerardi had broken the windows out in the prior episode and Seven just literally asks the, the guy that owns the place, you know, where does this woman go that did this? And he's backwards at coming forwards because he doesn't want to talk to police and he says that he sees how the people with mental problems are treated and he kind of doesn't want to bring that into it. So Seven poses as Ben Gerati's sister and she's trying to get hold of her and get her help and whatnot. And the, the guy says, well, she left with this big dude uh, with a beard. Uh, they went down the street a little bit and went into an alleyway and whatnot. Um, yeah. We then have... A few moments between uh, Seven and Rafi that are not hated, but they're they're having a bit of a lover's tiff between the two of them. Um, Seven 
says to her at one point, you know, you just you manipulate people, you just you don't think we see this, but we all do see it. You know, it's plain as the nose in your face, more or less. So she's taking pot shots at her. She's trying not to take it personally. Um yeah. Uh instead of continuing fighting with each other, seven, you know, she heads off and finds this guy he's dead the guy that Jaddy left with he's he's dead and at this point Seven does go into the mindset of what it would be like to be Borg having been assimilated as a child herself uh, she's like she's trying to make a connection she tried to make it a one on one but she didn't get what she wanted so she killed him and at that point she uh, goes under the whole thing you know this is if I was her, it would be this connection and whatnot that I need to get my hands on. Um, so I'm kind of skipping over and the way things play out in the episode, but uh, they eventually find Gerardi and they work out, they find the, the, the cell phone that this guy had before she killed him. And there's... Seven gets a bit of weak in her feet and she asks what's in what's in a phone battery and she's told that it's uh lithium ions and she has a bit of a mental flashback to her assimilation and whatnot and she's like, you know, whenever the Borg assimilate people they inject them with these metals to help the body work with the nanoprobes. So they then find Gerardi in an alleyway and she, all these cars are lined up in a, a parking lot and she has the, the bonnets up and she's actually eating the batteries because she's trying to get the, the lithium to kickstart the the process of actually assimilating people. Um, she attacks the two of them, knocks seven down and... Uh, grabs Rafi by the fruit and lifts her up in the air and you can see in Gerardi's eyes that they're completely black. That's the Borg Queen in full control here, but you hear Gerardi's voice in the inside like screaming no and she drops Rafi to the ground and walks off. So they they work out uh seven says like mercy isn't a Borg quality and Rafi's like, well that's a Gerardi quality so they, they now know that even though the Borg Queen is in full control at this point, Gerardi's still in there in the background somewhere fighting and actually saved Gerardi from getting killed at that point. Um, we'll cut back to the the basement. That's pretty much it for the most part for those two up until the end of the episode. Um, in the, the basement where Picard and Gain and Urban Held. It turns out that Wells had flagged Picard uh, as a trespasser, trespasser at the Europa party, and uh, I've kind of already covered that. Um, yeah, so he decides to split them up, and he's going to concentrate his efforts on Picard, and Gain's taken down to another room by one of his associates, and why she's in there. Q turns up and walks through the door and we discover and the interaction between the two of them that he's actually 
he's dying, and the whole reason that he's using humans as his puppets in this timeline is because he just doesn't have his powers anymore, or lack of them at this point. And uh, they have a back and forth about, you know, sending Picard back in time, and he's trapped and whatnot, and Q's like, I didn't. He managed to do that himself. But, uh, yeah, in all fairness, that is fact right here. But uh, he says it's, it's not the, what's the way I put it? It's not the the trap that's important, it's the escape, more or less. And uh, all he, Whenever he leaves, he's like, you know, all humans are trapped in the past. Um, Gainan manages at one point to use this power that she has. Goodness knows if it ever was out in the next generation. I can't remember doing it, but she telepathically connects to Picard. In the other room, he sees a vision of her, and she repeats, you know, all humans are trapped in the past, and this clues Picard into how to deal with this agent. And he offers a an exchange of truths, more or less. Uh, if you tell me your truth... I'll tell you mine. So the guy starts to tell the story. This agent Wells starts sharing what happened to him as a kid. That's what we've seen in the opening of the episode where they, he was out actually trying to find his dog that had run away and he accidentally came across this Borg party of two. Borg, sorry. A Vulcan party of two that were obviously on like a routine little mission on information gathering or whatever and uh, Iran fell drops his flashlight when he gets up he shines it in the face of this Vulcan and the Vulcan puts his hand on the kid's head and of course us in the track is where we know exactly what's going on here but uh, back in the the present day, or the past day, whatever way you want to look at it. Picard, hearing the story, the guy's like, and, you know, he put his hand in my head, and he was trying to kill me, more or less, and his, his fingers were going straight into my, you know, penetrating my skin and whatnot, and, you know, I knew if they were there then, then they might be back one day, and so he's been spending his whole life trying to track this sort of thing down again. But uh, as he's telling the story, you see what's happening, and he says... You know, then he just disappeared, kind of like the way you did, and then Picard, he's, you can see in his face, he's putting two and two together and getting four. And, of course, when your man says he disappeared, kind of like the way you appeared in that video, uh, Picard realises what had happened. And uh, he says, are you sure that it wasn't like this? You know, referring to the, the Vulcan putting his hand on his head as a child, uh, he remembers it as been painful or whatever and been attacked. But uh, he's like he puts his hand on Picard's head, like just fully on his head. And Picard, he's sure it's not the guess And he puts the the fingers and his thumb up against the head the way that uh, a Vulcan mind melt would be. And he's like, it wasn't a monster. It was a Vulcan, and he wasn't trying to hurt you, he was trying to mind melt with you to erase the memories so that you wouldn't be tormented your whole life. Obviously it didn't work, so 
that puts him at ease and Picard then shares his truth he is not, I am 100% human but I'm from your future and I'm here to save the world and in fact the entire universe and it seems that I'm going to need your help and uh, yeah this settles the whole situation and the guy lets him go and we discover that he's actually been fired and he threatened throughout the episode that you know whatever he evidence he had gathered was already filed and like the higher ups knew about everything and they were going to come for them but at the end of the episode you figure out you know he's a guy that cried alien one too many times lost his job everything that he gathered up information com badges you name it uh hasn't been filed he has it safe uh, none of the higher ups knew about it and he wanted to be the one to discover the truth and break the news and he said well I was hoping more or less but now he knows the truth he can relax and continue on his life and he lets him go and uh, it's for an episode of Star Trek not a huge amount happens in it but it's there's some nice little moments in there it's like, I think the biggest problem with season 2 here is just the pacing of it you know, you get a full episode of the show and you're only slightly further forward than you would hope to be by the end of it. Um, other than that, we have uh, Dr. Sung and the daughter who is, has a little chemistry experiment, more or less. He's been trying to... He's been pretty much... He's pretty much a, a clone that he grew, more or less. And she... Corey, and she can't... Out in the sun, water burns, all that sort of stuff. And uh, she has figured out, to a certain extent, what's happened. There's just, uh, he's been experimenting with the human genome. He's been, there's been f- three, maybe four versions of her before her current iteration. And iteration, is that even the proper use of that word? <coughs> so... Uh, she puts on a VR headset to get into. She's watching back these videos of his lab. She can't actually get into the lab, but she can use a VR headset to turn the 2D image into a 3D environment. And when she's in there, Q is there waiting on her. And he pretty much lets her in on the whole secret what's happening, who she is. And I'm sending you something, I'm sending you the key to freedom, will you be uh, brave enough to use it? So uh, this is, Q screws Dr. Sung over in this episode by curing Corey, more or less. Um, of course she gets the, the package in the post and she takes it uh, off camera, we don't see that. And then she confronts her father, Dr. Sung, and, you know... What would happen if you did cure me, Dad? Would I be able, able to leave this house? Because she, she discovers the secret. She discovers what's happened. And she knows there's... The fact that... If she's discovered alive... Uh, it's against all the rules. He's lost his license, everything up to this point, because of the work that he's doing. Uh, what's going to happen to her then? And if I walk out of here now, what are you more worried about losing me or your legacy and he uh, 
does change from the the Karen father to the the real hardcore scientist just uh, interested in his own goals more or less in this episode but he does have love for the girl too but he's more in line of his work and what he can get from it and by the end of this episode she walks out and he chases after and he's like she's about to walk into the sunlight we already seen in a previous episode that she would just kind of catch fire like a vampire if she walks out into the sun but she walks out into the sunlight onto the grass and she's like the grass feels good and uh, leaves him on his own like if you follow me I'll call the cops more or less and she shows him the little vial that Q had sent in the post and you know this is my key to freedom my freedom from you so off she goes and he's left to drink himself senseless um we figure out where Gerardi slash the Borg Queen is heading to. She has used the phone that the Seven and Rafi used earlier on. Uh, they kick-started to see what she was looking for. You know, we get a search history on it and they work out that she's going to see Dr. Sung because he has the, the raw materials that she needs to get her her way and her plan is to get hold of La Serena and get a jump start and assimilating the entire universe 400 year head start whatever it is um, so everybody has this figured out at the same time she turns up there puts a demand on him to help her and uh, she says there's two different variations of the future one future you're renowned for your work uh, whenever the thing is the way she puts it to him is Rene Picard either goes in the Europa mission and makes a discovery that just wipes out all his work and he will live out his life and die alone and in a pool of his nighty proof vomit or she doesn't get on the the ship doesn't make a discovery and his work becomes what is going to make the version of the future we've seen at the beginning of the series more or less this is what she's putting to him so he's on board with her now to help her out and he gets a whole mess load of soldiers sent over special ops retired whatever and she's been bulked up with the the metals that she needs to start assimilating people and at the at the end of the episode you actually see her she walks across to one of these soldiers after he asks, you know, what are we doing here? What do you need us for? And Gerard is like, yeah, it's okay. It's only going to sting for a second. And she puts her hand up and uh, puts an assimilation into him. <laughs> I was going to say tubules, but that wasn't the case in this episode. Um, we did learn in the... Earlier in the episode too that, you know, that's primitive material will lead to primitive assimilations. So even though now at the end of the episode she now can assimilate, it's, it's not the assimilations that we're used to in the next generation. And that she's, uh, essentially what's happening with Girati in this episode, uh, coming from Seven, 
seven of nines mouth as we're witnessing the birth of a new queen here. So it's it's set up at the end. The Gerardi slash the Borg Queen are uh, working shoulder to shoulder. She started to assimilate a small army of soldiers to control, to uh, take her on, try and uh, get hold of La Serena so she can start assimilating properly. Um, other than that, uh, Picard and Guinan are at least they head back to the bar. Seven of Nine and Rathi turn up, falling on the whole thing of what's happening with Gerardi and what her plans are. So at the end of their part of the story in the episode is they're heading off to use the the Watcher's transporter. Sorry, her name just escaped my head completely. But uh, yeah, they're going to go and get hold of her transporter to transport back to La Serena because the Borg Queen has locked out a lot of the systems in La Serena, including the, the transporter. That's what leads them to the the conclusion that this is her plan, which they're right. And there's only two episodes to go to finish off the, the series. Um, Picard and Guinan have one last moment together where she, after having this little adventure with him in this episode, she was, at the beginning, she wasn't the Guinan that we were used to in Star Trek. She was... Very living in twenty twenty four. Uh like we're in twenty twenty three now. We're all scundered. It's a crap time to be alive right now. It's just a lot of stress and a lot of pressure in the world. And in this version of Gaining in this series, we're seeing that effect on Gaining. She's just completely wore down. She's just not optimistic in the slightest. And she's ready to just pack up and leave Earth and just go off and do something else and just let the planet be whatever it is and just let it burn more or less but by the end of this episode we're getting a version of Gaiden that's closer to the next generation and she's like they have a little moment between each other where she's like you know what I really can't wait to meet you someday <laughs> and it's just it's nice and she is fantastic at playing the gaining role and there's quite a few moments in this series or this episode in fact that she does a, a good version of Whoopi Goldberg and uh, there's a moment where she's off camera uh, they're in the the basement where they're locked at locked up in, and Agent Wells is sitting there She's sitting beside Picard and the camera's kind of looking over Picard's shoulder. But you can't see her. And you would swear that was the actual real Guinan in the room delivering the lines. So, so good. I am enjoying the absolute crap out of this series. Like I do have to say now, uh, again, the pacing is probably the, the biggest frustration of it. But it, it is what it is. It's telling a good story here. It's starting to tie up some of the loose ends of the, the series and I think I'm not sure whether it's the next episode or the final episode but we do get more of that storyline of Picard and his mother uh, I'm looking forward to checking it out again because I just I know exactly what happens I just can't recall step for step how they do it but it's it's so well done so well handled 
and I'm looking forward to getting into it. So we've another two weeks worth of this series and then hopefully if my timing is right we shall be getting into Picard season three on the Monday version of the podcast. Um that's gonna do it for this episode guys. I hope you did enjoy it. If you did please rate and review the show, share it along, do all the good social media stuff. Email the show uh me up body at gmail.com uh, the all the info should be in the show notes uh, check out the website coinsagemedia.com so guys whatever you're doing do it safe and i'll talk to you in the next episode this has been a production of coins age media thank you so much for listening